Welcome to the OTL podcast. We've got cup fever here, uh, and and but we've also got some big news. So well, everybody on this uh, podcast is making their first full appearance of the season. Um, we'll start first with uh, David Quigley. And David, uh, massive congratulations to you. You've recently become a father for the first time. So uh, how are you finding it? Shattering. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But the world, it's, the world it's has a joy. another fan. It's a joy, and yep, the world's definitely get another Airdrie fan. He's already got his wee Airdrie bib and his wee Airdrie hat that he wore out of hospital, so he's getting it drummed into him from a young age. And he's he's not seen his blues yet, to be fair. Born on the 28th, 28th of December, and it's been four or five wins since then, so... So little Harris is our lucky charm. Well, congratulations to you both, uh, and, and lovely news to uh, to hear that. Uh, and, and also uh, his, his big sister and a proud auntie also... Uh, making her first appearance this season. So welcome back, Emma Quigley. How are you, Emma? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing good and uh, enjoying enjoying the season, I have to say. So a lot happier than maybe I've been on previous editions and previous seasons, shall we say. <laughs> lots of positives, uh, lots to enjoy. Yeah, it's, it's not like it, is it? Uh, and um, not quite a full debut because you were given an absolute horrendous uh, first assignment from us, but Sean Smith, welcome to the the OTL podcast. How are you? I'm good, Colin. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks very much for um, having me on. Um, I'm pleased to be here, and I'm looking forward to discussing all things Airdrie. Yeah, and your voice might be familiar when we did the, the podcast following the, the Rico Katongo incident. You were uh, given a nice to say, "Oh, just send me a just send me a five minute." Uh, word note on why racism is bad so hopefully this is a much easier uh, d- discussion than, than what I gave you before it'll be a more, uh, be a more pleasant discussion anyway <laughs> and uh, to start, start with that then why an Airdrie fan how did, how did that come about uh, so I'm not actually from Airdrie I'm, I'm an out of towner I'm from the south side of Glasgow but my dad um, he's an Airdrieonian born and bred so he grew up in the town and he, he grew up supporting the team, uh, went to games with my uncle and their grandfather. Um, so, yeah, he's he's been, a, well, he's in his mid-50s now, he's been going to games his entire life, really, and um, he he passed that on to me. Uh, so my, my first game, my first game was actually, um, that was that infamous game at Somerset Park in 2002. So that was my uh, very first experience of, of being an Airdrie fan all 20 minutes of it or so, but I think my dad, I was only five years old at the time, so I didn't really understand you know, what was going on or the, or, or the significance of it or why people were running on the pitch and, and whatnot. Um, but like I said, because it was such uh, such an important event and possibly, you know, potentially the last time Airdrie were ever going to play, I think my dad was keen to take me so that I could say that I, that, that I saw Airdrie play. And, and then thankfully, obviously, the the club came back and um, I don't remember my first ever full 90 minutes, which does bug me. I'm the sort of person that, that would that would like to know that, but I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, basically been going since then. But 0304, that was my first sort of real memories of the team. And I consider that quite lucky because it was a great, that was a great Airdrie side. So, I, so it was really easy for me to get hooked on watching Airdrie. And like I say, I've been, been watching them ever since. Excellent. I started going at five years old as well, and, and a twenty-minute game is probably more uh, like the attention span that a five-year-old has. So that's maybe yeah. worked out. Well, what a game! What a game to start! Uh, and uh, yeah, so highlights of your, your your time supporting Airdrie. You know who, who your favourite players have been. Um, well, um, like like I say, I started going all three or four. So that was obviously the last time we uh, we won we won the, the current league that we're in. And yeah, guys like you know Owen Coyle, Alan Gow, William McLaren, absolutely loved um, those guys and loved that whole team really. Uh, you know Paul Everin, Stephen Doherty, players that I could, you know could still could still ring them all off, I'm sure. And then uh, a bit later on as well, other guys you know like uh, 
Brian Prunty, Brian McPhee, Jimmy Lister. Um, these are all probably Alan Russell as well. Um, yeah, these were all the the guys that that I grew up with, and and you you still you know whenever you think of them, you, you still get a smile on your face, and still brings back memories of of, of games of games that you enjoyed. Stuff and. For the last time we won the league, we probably weren't in as, as strong a position at this point in the, the year as we as we are this season. So let's just enjoy it. Uh, uh, new new father, David. You've been watching a lot of the games on streams, I'm sure, because it'll have suited better. Uh, but have you found it? We've got on the back of five wins. Uh, are you enjoying the season? Yeah, um, it was a slow start, uh, but we found we found our. We found our way, and it's been really enjoyable. The football we've been playing. Um, it's been a while since I've seen an Airdrie team play the ball on the, on the deck so much. And I think it was a away East Fife we scored a goal with thirty something passes, and it's just a lot. Of it was side to side, but it was just patient build up, waiting for the opportunity. And then when the the space is there, we went for it, it was a cracking goal. But um, no, what, there's like Dylan Easton, Brazil. They're, they're excellent to watch. Really exciting. And, and the midfield's the, the strongest uh, I think I've seen in, in a number of years. I think recently we've been midfield's been our weak point. Players like you know, Kieran Miller and that Wedderburn that just didn't really gel work together well. But this year they all seem to work work with each other, and, and the, the energy levels and the fitness throughout the team is excellent. And having a Bruce McCabe his versatility at the back has proved to be a, a masterstroke by Murray so he's, he's after he's a couple of rope games we'd expect that for a midfielder that's never played in defence but um, his ability to, to build the attack up from the back uh, is quite important there now Yeah and yeah I think well, I mean football fans were quite quick to, to criticise um, but we, we beat Falkirk in our last game we're 16 points ahead of, of Falkirk, who have got a much more substantial playing budget than us. Uh, so I, I just think that's uh, that's incredible. Emma, what would you make of it? Yeah, I think, like um, David said, I think, obviously this isn't the first time I've been on since the start. You know, it was a little bit of a, a slow start. And um, I think when I initially saw the team, I wasn't 100% sure what we were going to get. Um, I think I knew that we'd signed some really quality players um, and I think I was absolutely buzzing the day that we, we signed Dylan Easton um, and I thought that was hopefully a really good statement and just watching the team grow and, and gel and come together has just been it's just been really really enjoyable to go and you know maybe it, not, maybe it doesn't always go your way it has been lately but I think even if we haven't been picking up the points there's still been a real solidarity about that team there's been a real effort about that team Um particularly in the last few games I don't think I can look and you know it comes to man of the match and I think you could pick any one of them um you know just the work rate and how hard they work for each other and you can see I think the bonds that a lot of them have as well and I think it all just comes together and and the run that we're on at the moment and it's just as David said we've got versatility in there we've got creativity in there but we've also got the ability to be patient and to um, I'm not known for my patience. I've had to learn to appreciate it. Oh, um, but we do have the, the ability to, to be patient and, and build up play and, and hold on to the ball and wait for our opportunities. So it's just, um, yeah, I'm just really enjoying um, watching Airdrie at the moment and, and getting back to games. What about showing depth of the squad? So I feel like um, we have done it to the bare bones. We, we did, people listening over here after this, a little bit with the... Uh, Guys from the Patrick Thistle podcast yesterday, and they were asking if we would rest players. I mean, well, there's <laughs> nobody else, so uh, I, I don't think that. But the, the the way that in recent weeks, um, like Matty McDonald suddenly appeared when he was he was a forgotten man after his good debut. Uh, Jordan Allen for being what fourth? I don't know, fourth or fifth choice striker. Three minutes into his first game. Uh, takes that absolutely a lovely touch to bring the ball down and then hammers the finish home. Um, last season we ran out of steam when we had to bring in the replacements, but Murray seems to have got his recruitment pretty spot on in terms of even in this threadbare condition, he's been able to put in guys who have who've done a job for him. Do you think we've got a bit more depth than, than we've yeah, had in the past? 
Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, Colin. Um, it's full credit to to the guys you mentioned, you know, Matty McDonald, uh, Jordan Allen. They came into the squad and really it's been seamless. Um, they, 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 both, they both contributed a lot. You know, Jordan Allen, uh, brilliant goal, got an assist as well in that game. And he's been quite unfortunate as well in the Dumbarton, the Falkirk game as well. You know, he's had two goals um, disallowed. Um, well, but I don't... Um, the Falkirk one sort of came off him, but even still, he got the last touch. So he's been quite unlucky in, in that regard as well. But yeah, it's definitely credit to Murray. You know, there's not there's not really one player in the squad who who you could you know say oh, I don't know what he's doing here or he doesn't you know I, he he doesn't contribute much. They're definitely they're definitely all pulling their weight and and playing their part. And it says a lot about you know even guys like well, especially Scott McGill as an example. You know, he's come in played just about every position. He's, he's played. Um, he's obviously a midfielder, but he seems to have played almost everywhere else most games, and he's. He's been consistently very good. And then he finally got to play midfield on, on Saturday against Falkirk and he was, he was excellent, scored a beautiful goal. Um, so yeah, full credit, full credit to the squad and the management team that they're able to sl- slot players in like that and we're still we're still winning games comfortably. And uh, David, back to you. I mean, we don't have a, as you say, McCabe's been doing a good job at centre-half. Uh, I mean, I think we described him last time as a luxury patch-up job. Um, but we've won every game since then uh, we don't have a left back does it matter? can we can we go on and uh, just using these guys in, in odd positions and, and still be a success do you think? I, th- I think we can keep McCabe at the, at the back and be a success but I think we need to get a left back in or at very worst a, a, right, a right back who can play left back um, because we have seen it at times we've been cut open down the left um, so I think that would be a priority a left back more than a centre back because we do have Josh Kerr to come back if if we want if we need to but play him in centre defence but there, there's a headache and again speaks to the depth of the squad that do we put our not centre back back into the centre back position move McCabe midfield or do we leave him there because he's playing so well um, but uh, that's up to Ian Murray and if you'd asked me a year ago how confident I was, I don't make the right decisions. I've been a lot less, but this year you've got to hand it to Ian Murray. He has built a great squad and they're playing well, comfortable with the ball at the feet, scoring some great goals. So, yeah, whatever he decides, I'll put my faith in him and he's, he knows best. And it's a, it's a new year ish. It's getting to the point where uh, I can't really say Happy New Year to people anymore, but. but... Emma, your your wishes for your drawings for twenty twenty two, what you're hoping to see through the transfer window and beyond. I think as I can, I think I've said before, I, I don't think we need to do huge things in January. I think to pick up on what David said, um, the left back position for me is is the one that we we need to prioritise. Um, and I guess just picking up on the points that you're making, I think what we're talking about, can we keep going with this squad? I think what would, would worry me is when you look back to the kind of the end of last season in the playoffs, how many players that we lost for those two games just through, you know, injury and just in games catching up with them. And if we are relying on the same players, you know, and the effort they're putting in all the time and there's not really any room for manoeuvre or room to rotate that any, with them, I'm not 100% clear on when some of the injured players are, are coming back, then it, it does worry me how sustainable it is for them to, to keep going and, and playing at the, the pace they are. Not that they're not capable, it just it just might be injuries and, and niggles might start to catch up a little bit if we're not able to have that little bit of flexibility in the squad. Um, I mean, 2022, I think I said when I came in to this season, as much as I don't want to, you know, go through another playoff, I still think... That for me is keep a hold of that as being realistic, <laughs> and the dream is obviously to to go on and and win the league, and that might be a crying puddle if that ever happened. That's the to think we could go back up to the championship is just a uh, would just be amazing. Um, but I like to hold on to that <laughs> a little bit of realism, and and I think we probably have, as you say, sixteen points ahead of Falkirk. Um, it, you know, I I don't see that those playoffs being really in jeopardy. Um, but it's actually really nice coming into January and be worrying about those playoffs and not worrying if we're going to end up in playoffs at the other side. 
you know, I think um, this is the first season in a while I felt really comfortable at this point that I know where we're going and and I'm quite confident of being able to get there. Yeah, I mean, the form since first three games, we only one point after them. Uh, the form since then has been excellent. But like you see, the bit that's niggling at me is, quote, we're not really covering any since we, we had our back-to-back defeats uh, a couple of months ago. Sean, you say we started in 03-04, we overhauled Morton's massive lead. Is it is it feasible that we could do it this year? I think it's feasible, but it, it will it will be difficult. But they are eight points ahead at the, the moment, that's right. Um, so we'll, we win our game in hand, then you bring it down to five and that's a bit more manageable. But I think it really relies on having, you know, you have to take six points from them, I think, in uh, the next two times we play them. I think that's going to be the way that we overhaul them because nobody else is taking points off them at the moment. Even even Montrose on Saturday and they, they well, We've, uh, they're they're a good they're a good experienced side with forwards who score goals and they're they're finding a way to get wins um, especially late in games whenever I check the score it always seems to be nil nil until about the 80th minute and they you know McAllister and Meganson pop up with a goal or two and that's you know that, that that's what good teams do they they grind out wins and they're a good experience they're a good experienced side but. Like I say, it's not impossible. We certainly, we certainly can beat them. Even in the two the two games that we have, we have played them, that they beat us with late goals as well. And um, both, you know, both games were reason were were reasonably evenly matched. I thought, um, but yeah, I do think if if we're going to win the league, we we do have to we do have to beat them both times ultimately. And David, we we beat Falkirk in the last game. Uh, Emma, you were questioning the use of resurgent by by one of the journalists in the run-up. I'm still questioning the use of resurgent. <laughs> I think they did one win in five, uh, but it was the right before they played us. Um, but but if Falkirk could have a resurgence, uh, we've played them this quarter, so you kind of hope that they could come into the mix and maybe they they could do us a favour and, and take some points off Cove, and suddenly they they could be right within touching distance. I also, I don't think it's a, a bad thing not to have the pressure on you at this point either. You know, not to be sitting top of the league and, and trying to protect that all the time, actually. I don't, I'm quite comfortable with the Sean said, if, if we, the biggest game for me actually coming up is, is to get that game in hand. You know, I'd rather have points on board than, than games still to be played. And you know, five off, that starts to put the pressure on them. And, you know, we've still got that real business end to come where teams that are fighting relegation all of a sudden start beating teams that they've not been able to lay a glove on all season and teams that are starting to feel the pressure start to slip up. So there's there's so much still to be played out that um, I'm quite comfortable and, and I'm not that worried about where we are behind them, to be honest. Do you think we've seen the best of this team? David, put that one to, to you. I, I think it's maybe still, I don't know if I feel there's a... They're still growing, and if they can get McEnroy back, well, we can see even better things. Yeah, um, it's a hard one because they've been playing excellent. So it's is there better to come? But I think someone might be on a hiding one day. You know, when we start really converting possession and chances and goals, then we could see someone giving a, a proper good four or five nil hiding. Um, but like it touched on what we were talking about before with with Cove. Um, Remember they went to East Fife and put in a, a bit of a horror performance. I think it was four two or maybe ended up four three, but we're three 0 down at half time, I think. Um so we've got to keep uh, hoping that they can slip up somewhere and just keep doing our own thing, keep playing the way we've been playing. And you know, when it comes to playing them is uh, it could be like the, the away game to them could be a six pointer if if we keep playing the way we're we're playing. Uh, but I, I I think we can improve at the back. Um, some more clean sheets. I know we've been in a good run lately before the Falkirk game. I think it was three clean sheets and four. So if we just keep that going and say play the, play the way we've been playing up front in the midfield, then yeah, um, we can see us really closing the gap and being there come the end of the season. I don't think there's much bigger teams in Falkirk out there either. I know we it was you know we conceded, but I don't think you know they really targeted maybe the slight lack of height that we've got in the defence. Maybe that's like imbalanced. But um, my dad and I were there, and we were kind of saying we don't think we've seen a much bigger team in the league than them. So it's 
you know, one possible we can get back to keeping those clean sheets are certainly the goals conceded down. A, f- a physically bigger team. Falkirk fans, I believe they're the biggest team in Scottish football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's physically better. Yeah, let's just let's just not add to that. I think as well, in in terms of you know seeing the best from the team, I I do think that you know potentially there is more to come because I don't think there's been a game yet where we've actually had you know every single one of our um, you know strongest eleven or strongest squads, including the subs bench out. You know, there's always been you know maybe Josh Kerr's missing or. Uh, Reese McCabe's missing, or you know, or Gabby McGill, Gabby McGill, yeah, or whoever. So, if we can get some of these guys back and get them fit, and hopefully, you know, get a run in the team, hopefully, you know, we can then put our 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 strongest squad out, and you know, it'll be nice to have a be nice to have a full bench and a bench that you feel could you know come on and win you the game. Like, fa- fa- thankfully, um, every week we seem to be in the position where you know we seem to, we we do seem to wrap up the game with the with the team that's on the park and. Uh, but that's that's not going to happen every week, probably. So it'd be nice to, uh, so it would be nice to have to have those options from the bench, whether it's you know Gabby or uh, Salim or whoever else. So it'd be nice to get the to get the whole to get the whole squad as fit and available as possible. And then when that is the case, then I, I do think there is there is potentially more to come. Throw into the midst of that, uh, we've got the Scottish Cup on Saturday. It's a trip away to to Hill. Um, have you seen the, the Scottish Cup this year? It just feels a bit of a... Well, we're not big enough that we can say we're just going to focus on the league, but... Uh, yes, we, we are. Are we, that bother, are we that bothered about Saturday's game? Me, personally, I would much rather we were just playing the league games. Um, obviously, we are going to go along, but um, it just feels like a little bit of a distraction in the momentum at the moment, and I would rather we were just... Um, yeah at league business but um yeah go along and enjoy it always enjoy the, the scottish cup and it's a, just a good day out but that's about it for me and obviously we get through you hope for a big team and a, and a bit of a, a money boost but that's about it. i just want to go along and enjoy it enjoy the day and back to the league on tuesday night yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to it from a day out perspective myself but also i'm looking forward to see it. obviously you know uh, ourselves and Fissel, we were the top two in our league last season so It'll be, I think it'll be a quite quite a good comparison to see where we are now uh, compared to them because you know obviously we, we're hoping to get promoted ourselves and um, I, I think most of us sort of feel that certainly a lot a lot of the a lot of the squad would hopefully you know stay with us if we got promoted and hopefully do okay so it'll be a good marker for us to see how we get on against the team who are doing well in the championship you know how how are, how are we compared to them and where possibly we need to. We need to improve on and whatnot. You'll have Max Curry, Callum Fordyce, and Callum Gallagher, and I think that's it. Who would have played against Thistle last year? So it does. Well, we, we couldn't beat them last year, so it will be quite interesting to see if this every team can can have more of an impact. Um, I think we almost play the perfect type of football for that. Ash, the first pitch we've got at home. Um, David, I don't know if you watched part of this. I played Kelly last week, but. Uh, our sexy football might not translate that well onto the, the Fir Hill pitch what would you reckon? Yes I never thought I'd say this with Airdrie but I, the pitch might not suit our <laughs> round of football ball in the deck knock it about sexy soccer um, I, we'll see how it goes because the Dumbarton game was like that it was a kind of the pitch was a bit of a leveller no offence to Dumbarton but um, we ended up grinding out the result It'll be harder against this. So, I mean, you always want to beat this. So, I'm going to sit here and say I don't. I'd love to beat them, but um, the league is a priority. Uh, just hope it's a good day, a close game, and it's a measuring stick for us. See how far have we come since last year. Or, you know, can we compete with the teams above? I certainly think a lot of this squad we've got can play a league above. So, hopefully, on Saturday, you know, they, they go out and give a good account of themselves and we get a good game, something to cheer. And it, it, it definitely feels like a free hit. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. So I hope they do just go out and and try and express themselves. Now I haven't. It feels like when we played at Ten Castle, Murray went with an ultra defensive approach. It'd be great if you just go all out attack. You all those midfielders uh, just just have a go uh, and, and let them let them play. And and so what if it doesn't come off? We do tend to like to come out quite strongly don't we in that kind of first opening of me spell um, so hopefully they do and score early again which we seem to be 
doing lately that'll be that'll do me but hopefully yeah. as well it's not been too wet through this end of um this end of the m8 so hopefully it'll stay the pitch won't cut up too badly um because i think that really did start to especially the second half against the Martin, you know hinder us a little bit um it like it's been dug up by the end i think it's getting quite a lot of games played on at that pitch as well Ian McCall about his hose on Saturday morning. <laughs> Try to sabotage. The worrying, the worrying thing is he's been at Sears. Uh, and, yeah, you know what Ian McCall was like and his eye for a player. It would not surprise me if Peter McElroy ended up at Patrick Thistle next, next season. I don't know if he would go for him just now. Uh, and the weird thing is, talking to the Thistle guys last night, uh, Kyle Turner, who was just, Exceptional for us, um, isn't yeah, really the, the best there. debut I'd ever seen of any Airdrie player, and it'll live <laughs> in my heart forever. Is what I'm um, taking Ryan Conroy out of the knee for a red card, uh-huh, for a straight red card. Oh, thank you, Kyle Turner. Uh, I've wanted to take Ryan Conroy out a few times. I see him in Asda down here, <laughs> he's a, a player I didn't like. <laughs> I'll never forget uh, his debut, so it'll always stay with me. Right, and we've got so the cup, the cup game out of the way. We've then got um back to to Broadwood. So Emma, you were you were there, and you're still waiting to hear if they're getting in for free or whether they're gonna. Oh, they'll charge me again. I, yeah, yeah, we were there on. I mean, it, I'm surprised they didn't just call it at half time. It it was a bit of a shambles. Um, and I think what annoyed me the most was I, I don't think the conditions were dreadfully different between half time and when they called the game off, and if they just made the decision. We could probably have avoided, you know, that injury. But I guess that's just a little bit of a little bit of hindsight. But that, that's probably what annoyed me most at the time. Um, yeah, still waiting to hear. If I, I miss, well, assuming if we haven't heard, because I think um, when East Five Folk was put off, that was that was abandoned too, and they heard pretty much straight away that their tickets would be valid for the next game. So, and how did Clyde look? I mean, they're on really good form. Surprisingly, they they had a, a sticky start to the season, but. Um, are above Falkland now, so um, would have been a good one to be allowed to play that final fifteen minutes or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean they weren't they weren't really causing me any concern. I think you know, in the, the game itself, there wasn't really anything that through the fog that kind of um, stuck out. Um, I, I think to me, it's a little bit. It's a team we should be beating now. Um, I definitely think the way the playing the players we've got, they'll always have a threat with them. Um, Goodwill, I feel like he's always got a goal against any team, but quite confident. Um, finding there's not too many sore, you know, tired legs after the Thistle game on on Saturday. There's obviously that. Um, not sure who Clyde have got actually in their cup tie. Um, but they quite confident by Clyde Bank. So I'd, I'm not sure. Oh, of course. So they, I, I, I think they're catching up on league business this weekend. No, no, I mean, they had the game. Yeah, of course they did. Um, so yeah, quite confident we can say go there and win, providing there's not too many tired legs from Saturday, and that probably goes into the point. You know, we we don't have the luxury at the moment of you know resting anybody or maybe deciding what's the most important game. We just have to keep going. It's as Clyde out the way. We then got a strange runs of a goal: Firhill, Broadwood, Firhill again, Queens Park away, uh, and then correct me if I'm wrong. Over there on to Cove away is the, the, the Cove next away, game. Yeah. And then at, at home. So and a I'm real not sure tough, was after that. Yeah, a real tough run of fixtures up to that point then. So by the end of this run of away games, I feel like we'll we'll know if we're still really in a title race or not. Um what do you reckon? Queen's Park, Sean, uh, your South Glasgow boy might be the, the closest team at the, the front door. Uh do you what, what do you make of them? They were touted as being one of the favourites for the league start as well and then I've just death by a thousand draws uh, yeah, that's, fear. that's very much um, the sort of line I was going to go down yeah I mean they've obviously got they've obviously got money uh, behind them um, but as you say they, they started off I think they were top of the league for, for a wee while but yeah they just seemed to they seemed to draw every week and when, when we played them a few, uh, a few weeks ago after Christmas I know they had a few players missing but they still had a good side out you know guys like Luca Connell and uh, Grant, Grant Gillespie guys that came with a good pedigree, but they didn't didn't really offer anything at all. And um, it seems to be I don't know what the sort of situation is with their manager at the moment. Like I know there was talk on Pine Bovro that 
their the new manager's not coming until March or something like that. So it's all a bit it's all a bit weird, but they're not on a great they're not on a great run. And even when they were top, I was never that impressed with them anyway. So they're definitely they're definitely beatable and I think yeah, we should be looking to we should be looking to win that game. And then on to Cove, which does feel like a big one. Uh has anyone been to Cove yet? Is anyone making the pilgrimage? Yeah, I, I went up in the the first game. And I, I'd been I'd been before actually just to uh, just to go to it, but um, I went up to the game in September, and that was a that was a pretty dull game to be honest. Then they got a last minute got a last minute winner to make the long journey home even longer. It's not it's not a great ground. There's not there's it's not the worst ground, but uh, there's there's not much to it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the drive up. Um... David, um, I don't know if that's actually going to put you off going, um, if I offer to drive, but um, it's a ground I've not been to, it's a ground I'd quite like to get um, ticked off, I think also, as well as you said Colin, I think we'll have a really good idea after this next few round of games whether we're going to be in the hunt and I just want to kind of go and support the guys and support the team and you know, they've given us a lot of, you know, the last five games have been such a good run and I think we deserve if people can to, to make the journey up and you know, let them know that we're we're supporting them. I think it is a I think it really is a must win game. I think if we are gonna win the league, if if that's our aim, then we we have have to win we have to win the game. So so yeah, so hopefully we will hopefully we will take a good a good crowd. Hopefully we'll take a good crowd up and we'll 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 go for it, hopefully. I think they can win it as well. There's no team that I've ever seen in League One that is not beatable Definitely. um by any other team on their day. Um I don't want to get too carried away that Cove are some kind of invincibles. You know, they've been on a fantastic run and, you know, full full credit to them. But I totally believe our guys can go up there and, and get a result on, and, you know, if we're on our game on the day. Yeah, we spoke about this will be a kind of free hit on Saturday. I'd like to go out and treat games against Cove as a kind of free hit. We're already behind them. So just go out, let our players go and express themselves, get on the ball, get right on them and see how they cope with pressure. Just Try and get at them right for the start and see it as a free hit. Just go out, attack, attack, attack. Yeah, I like the sound of it. Right, that's probably a good place to, to bring this to a close then. So some of the players do listen to this from time to time, probably kind of help themselves. So what's your message to the players for what you've seen so far and, and, and what's coming up? Uh, Sean, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, well, I just wanted to say uh, thank you to all the players and the management team. It's no exaggeration to say this has been the most enjoyable every team for a long time, ten years plus, I would I would say. Anyway, so keep doing what you're doing, guys. You're winning games, you're playing entertaining football. We we, we really can't ask for anything more than that. So keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully it'll bring success um come come the end of the season. And if you've got any pals who are left backs, then ask them if they fancy <laughs> it. Uh what were you, Emma? Yeah, just the same as Colin, just um, like to say that we can see the effort that's going into every single game by every single player. You know, we appreciate, um, you know, that they have to, had to adapt to different positions this season and, you know, every single one of them's given, I would say, 110%. You know, I don't walk away from any games thinking that we had any passengers that day. You know, I think, you know, we're, we're not going to go to the end of the season, I don't think, without dropping the odd point here or there, you know. But um, as I say, I have enjoyed watching this team more and I've enjoyed watching many Airdrie teams in the past. Um, we've just had some brilliant memories, you know, already, you know, just thinking back to the Dumbarton game and just some of the, some of the play and some of the goals we've scored. Um, like you can see, they've got a, a real bond. And I think um, every fan that I speak to, every fan that I chat to, you know, if it's on the podcast, if it's the chat that we've got going on that I bump into in the stands or social media whoever are just all 110 you know you've, you've got our support you've, you've got our backing um, and we'll be there to the end of the season with them and just keep keep go, keep doing what they're doing David what are you and Harris saying about it? Uh, uh, again just want to echo the, the, the effort they put in every week you can see it on the park they look fit look sharp and you, you never go away for a game thinking oh, so-and-so could have done better they all give 100% and the, the football they've been playing some of the goals they're scoring I can't remember the last time I shared so many Airdrie goals with my pals you know old Firm fans that have never been to the stadium but uh, you know they're watching them and going oh, they're appreciating it as well so it shows how how well they've been playing and it's a real real pleasure to watch them at the moment so 
just keep up the effort 100%, keep doing what you're doing, and, you know, we'll be happy, or we'll be behind them 100%. And, yeah, there's no reason they can't close the gap to Cove and push them all the way. They've, you know, they've got the talent. It's, you know, it's not just about effort. They, they do have the talent, and they've got some exceptional players that, that could easy, easily be in the championship. But um, I think also, just to speak about for Emma, she forgot to mention her love for Dylan Easton. <laughs> <laughs> sure, she wants to send some love hearts that way. <laughs> oh, he's just brilliant, isn't he? He's just so entertaining, so fun to watch. Um, so yeah, as I said at the start of the podcast, I was really excited when we signed him, and I hope that this was the the player that we saw. And I think I'm delighted for him as well. And he seems to be enjoying it and enjoying scoring the goals, and yeah, uh, quite enjoying yeah. the. He's in charge, not the devil. I think. exactly what i was going to say i think that's the key we're all enjoying it like really enjoying it the best has been for a very long time and when you see like the shouts in the background of the the interview videos and diamonds tv and stuff you get the impression that the players are and if if any of them are listening i hope hope they they are because um it'll be the same for them there'll be seasons in their career where uh it's just not a good club or the atmosphere's bad their fans are on their back whereas Hopefully we're all brought together. I, I think my hope for 2022 is we can start to see the tendencies build again. I mean, this is, uh, if you're listening and you've not been to a game for a while, try and get yourself down. 500 limits gone. Uh, uh, the football's excellent. Uh, the entertainment value's been first class. Uh, and hopefully they can do something special this year. Uh, we look good for the playoffs already, at least. So, yeah, David, I think you're probably right. Maybe we need to start treating everything as a, a free hit and uh, let's let's have a go. But I mean, some of the goals have been outstanding, and, and Saturday's was probably my favourite. Scott McGill's uh, the back heel, Falkirk looking completely lost, defence cut wide open by Scott McGill's run, uh, and another great finish. Uh, the desperate appeal there's, for offside just made it for me. Uh, no, it was there's, just... been so, there's been so many good goals. Like talking about Kerr's header against Falkirk, the first goal of the game at the back post. Remember one against Clyde Dillon, he's still with the step overs and he's put it across the goal for someone to score. As, as well as he's five away with 30 something passes. But as well as the players, I think it's it's worth mentioning the management of, you know, got the players in and they're coaching them and you see a structure, you see what they're trying to do. And, you know, I think you've got to take your hat off to Ian Murray, Scott Agnew, and Brian Plenty. Yeah. And to the club for sticking by them, because uh, I think none of us would have been that bothered if. Uh, if around this time last year they'd chosen to make a change and uh, maybe it goes to show you that a bit of continuity and, and backing someone uh, is paying off what does Arsenal think, say? Tr- trust, the pro- tr- trust the project? Yeah because it's hard in League One because I think a lot of the time it's you're rebuilding from scratch every season so it is very hard maybe to, to build that kind of continuity but they've really got it right this season um, and I think they're just, um, just all doing fantastically well yeah, I think you can see as well, um, you know, this is very much Murray's team and it's a squad of players that he trusts and that he knows that, you know, he knows that they're going to perform for him every week. And you can see that in his team selections because I know certainly it was one of my sort of main complaints about Murray was the team sheet would, would change every week. But now that's not really the case unless it's injuries or COVID. But, you know, now there is a settled team, there's a settled system and it's it's making a difference, you know. That's a really good point because it was probably one of my biggest frustrations with their dream past seasons was the inconsistencies, um, which I think probably did a lot of you know did the damage in previous seasons. We were losing you know games to teams below below us that if you really wanted to kick on, um, you know you you should be winning. But I kind of feel like that's put to bed now, and you know we're really just talking about the team at the top mm-hmm. that we need to beat, um, which is a really just a lovely thing to, to be enjoying your football with a team that's playing really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because before, like, you know, if playing East Fife, they're bottom of the league, you're playing them at home, you'd be like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. They'll scrap a 1-0, be a really, you know, rubbish goal. But now, you know, you're turning up to that game and you're, you're expecting to, to win, which isn't a feeling we're used to yet, I don't think. But it's it's nice, you know. You're no, turning up before your tea's gone cold, so what time would be alive? <laughs> yeah, definitely not taking it for granted, though. You know, you know, just enjoying it as a, a game at a time and not thinking too much ahead. But I've just got a spring in my step when it gets to a Thursday, and I'm thinking about you know the game and 
going to make an effort to try and get to these, you know, these away days coming up, the kind of further, I definitely got up to Peterhead, I'm going to go up to, to Cove, um, as I said, and make the effort to cheer them on. My daughter's not dancing on Saturdays anymore, it makes it a lot easier. I've got my Saturdays I'm bag. I'm, miss, I'm missing this Saturday for a, a, a ballet recital, so uh, I'm on that slippery slope, Emma. Uh, <laughs> Uh, right, guys, positivity abounds. It's, it's great um, to, to just get around it and speak to some other Airdrie fans just now. Uh, enjoy the games. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up soon. Uh, and, and thanks for giving me your time. Thank you for having us. Take care. Welcome to the OTL podcast. We've got a bit of a special this week. Uh, there's a big cup match on this weekend, as we all know, with, with familiar rivals, Partick Thistle. Uh, there's a Partick Thistle podcast, Draw, Loser, Draw. And we're delighted to be joined uh, by two guests from there, Matt Greer and David Forrest. So so welcome to OTL podcast, guys. Thanks for having us, Colin. Hello, it's good to be behind enemy lines. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about Thistle. So we were adversaries last year. Um, but obviously you guys won the league, so you've you've gone up uh, and uh, are, are doing quite well in the championship. It would look like. How, how, how do you see the season so far? I think we're we're pretty happy with how it's gone so far. Our squad hasn't changed a great deal from from when we played yourselves last season. I think the only additions really are the middle of the defence with Mayo and Akinola coming in, and they've been really impressive and key to the success we've had. Our defence broke the clean sheet run. Uh, we had seven clean sheets in a row in all competitions. It was eight clean sheets in a row in all competitions, I beg your pardon. And that's really been key to the success. We're fifth in the league, which maybe doesn't sound all that impressive, but we are within touch and distance of the playoffs and even a sniff of the title at this stage. So it's really been so far a, a split for the first quarter of the season. There was lots of goals going in either way. Each game seemed to be high scoring. You weren't sure what way it was going to go, it was like shootout games and then we went on that clean sheet run, which obviously meant a long unbeaten run, but there weren't too many goals in the game. So we have tightened up in the last few months. But yeah, I think we're all pretty happy with the season so far. And to tell you a bit about us, I've got uh, our own expert on. So Andrew Duffy's on the line. Andrew, you guys won't know, um, but does a bit of commentary on Downs TV this season and has done some of the interviews with players as well as he's been a long-time panellist for us. So Andrew, give the, the Thistle guys a bit of a, a rundown of, of a much-changed Airdrie from, from last season. Yeah, it's, interestingly, despite what in the end was a fairly successful season, for Airdrie, there's been a fairly significant changeover in staff. Probably the biggest turnover in the playing staff that we've had for, for a long, long time, certainly is that I can remember going back quite some way. So there's very few players, maybe only a smattering of players like Callum Gallagher, Callum Fordyce, who are there, who were there last season, and Max Curry as well in goals. There's been a significant improvement in the style of football. It was whilst it proved fairly effective for your drill last season, finishing just, just shy of yourselves, two points off the top and the second best team in the league. Um, it was a bit attritional at times, particularly before the break. There was a lot of uh, games that were <laughs> very difficult to watch, um, even from the comfort of one's own front room. But uh, this season, the style of football, the um, manner of the goals that are being scored um, has been significantly improved um, still a bit dodgy at the back from set plays um, that gets exposed time and again but um, the difference in the team in terms of the approach to the game and the way they play the game is pretty miraculous really yeah uh, we're kind of threadbare as only other bit of intelligence we yeah. give you guys when we don't have a left back uh, we've got uh, Rhys McCabe playing at centre half when most of his career he's been uh, a midfielder, but but it seems to be working. We, we uh, I think both teams are coming in on, on decent form. We're five games 
in a row that we've won, um, albeit obviously a, a, a league below. So uh, I think it's set up quite nicely for for Saturday. David, the uh, Farhill, brilliant away day uh, in terms of your defence view, but a, a terrible pitch we're here. And what's the what's the surface like at, at, at the old place? Well, see. We we had um, basically three weeks off. Uh, we've not before Friday. We hadn't played since and at Farhill since what the foggy game seventeenth. Yeah, the fog game. Yeah, and the pitch was an absolute riot. What you could see of it at the time, uh, but that was that was a month ago um, that we played our second last game at Farhill. The, the pitch has been an absolute riot for quite a while. You've obviously already played on it against Queens Park, I believe. Um and you know obviously it wasn't that great at the moment. Did how did you do in that game against Queens Park? Did you no did no you struggle with there was a no no? Did you kind of struggle with the pitch? I remember you saying to me earlier that the um the pitch was kind of something you're a bit concerned about just purely because of the way you play football. Do you did did you find that that was the case against Queens Park? When we played them at um for Hill, it was quite early in the season actually. Um bizarrely we've we've met them a few times this season um, including in the Challenge Cup but uh, we only played them at Furhill the once so far we're playing them a week on Saturday at Furhill so it'll be Furhill Broadwood Furhill for us because um, we're playing Clyde midweek so we've not played them really since the pitch has got into a bad way um, I certainly noticed that it's, it seemed alright when we played them 0-0 um, in that game but it, it is going back a wee ways now I think maybe September something like that maybe um, October but a wee while ago now, whereas I seen it when it was the I watched the game against Kilmarnock and it certainly looked terrible. Not Dumbarton terrible, but it certainly looked pretty bad on the telecameras that day. So I am a wee bit concerned by it now. Obviously not helped and largely down to the fact that it's got so many so many teams playing on it. Well, it might not uh, fill you much confidence to know that quite a lot of us in the chat on Friday talked about how improved the pitch looked compared to the last right, time okay. we played on it. So um, it was a, it was a proper tatty field um, in like December, and I think I mean it didn't help that we were probably hosing the pitch down to try and get all our games called off when half our players were, were isolating and injured and stuff like that. So. It, it looked a bit better than it certainly than it did. No, it's noticeable to several people that it was a bit better, but yeah, it, it was really really bad. I mean, we've got Queens Park playing it and we were not playing it. Um, sometimes it's it's usually the day after us, so you've got two two games in two days. I mean, there was one week where we had three games in three days because we played on the Friday, Queens Park played on the Saturday, and then we had the Women's Cup final um, on yeah. Sunday. It's not the greatest at the moment. They talked about how it wouldn't affect us, but I think it's clear to see for everybody. It's the worst it's been since we had the rugby teams sharing with us, certainly, I think. I've not seen it that bad, um, certainly, in the time I've been regularly going. But, um, you know, another another week off some, might give them a bit more um, impetus to actually get the pitch in order, but I highly doubt it. And uh, something I'd said to you, David, before, maybe Matt, one for you, I've got it in my mind that Thistle's never really been that strong a cup team, and I don't mean that that has any effect on Saturday, but for the size of clubs that you are, does it frustrate you that you've not maybe had more exciting cup runs over your, your time supporting the Jags? I think it definitely does. I think that's one of the, the bugbears of fans. I think especially when you look sort of sideways at clubs similar sizes to us, like Ross County, St. Johnson, they've all won cups since we last and it's, it's 51 years ago since we last won a cup now it's 20 years since we got to uh, to Hamden in a semi-final as well so so definitely it is, it is an annoyance of fans but I think um, this year we're a, a confident team and I think a confident team can do well in cups uh, we've obviously had two home ties which is important in a cup run and once you get to this stage you're only I think it's three games away from Hamden now so it is a chance I don't think there'll be too much rotation on Saturday I think it'll be a, near enough a full strength team so I, and it, that's what I wondered so you're, you're going well in the league and as you say yes you're fifth but you're very much in touch if you win your games in hand I think it takes you up to like two points off uh, off our growth so what's the mood in the camp do, do you want to fight on all fronts and and, and would you really be disappointed if uh, McCall did make a few changes for uh, for this game I think one or two changes will be expected just with we didn't have games for three or four weeks there as David said so just to get some minutes and some legs but I think it will be 
very close, if not a full strength team. And um, we went out of the League Cup quite early. Well, we went out of the League Cup in the group stages this year. Um, so we've not really had a cup run yet. We went out of the Challenge Cup earlier than I think we talked. I think we targeted the Challenge Cup and Mick always playing uh, pretty strong teams in that as well. So I think it will be something, a cup run will be something McCall will target, I believe. Um, on that, like there was an article last week with McCall, kind of talked about the last, the last sort of last notable cup run that we had. We've got to like quarterfinals. I remember we got a quarterfinal against Aberdeen and, and they put on three buses and stuff like that, and it was great. But generally, you get the old firm at Celtic Park or Ibrox or whatever, and then you just get dude, and that's it. But the last notable one was in 2008-9 um, or 2007-8. Um, we played Rangers in the quarterfinal. We famously went 1-0 up at Ibrox, and as we were all celebrating, trying to take a picture of the scoreboard, they scored to make it one each, and then took it to a replay. Five minutes before the end, we were through in goal, and they, um, they missed the goal. And then, uh, I think it was Pedro Mendes ran up the other side of the pitch and scored a world day to completely kill it off and just destroy any hopes that we had. And McCall mentioned this. He, he loves the anecdote because he was talking about how he was absolutely crestfallen, and even like to this day, it still upsets him the fact that that was his moment, that was his chance to get him to Hamden, and they lost it. And they talk about how like uh, the the the, joke, the anecdote was that they went into the the boardroom afterwards, or whatever, and having a drink with Walter Smith and Ali McCoist, and um, Ali McCoist was joking about how he was the greatest 45 year old footballer in the world because he's got a hat trick and a testimonial the week before to stick cheer McCall up and stuff like that. But you can clearly tell that McCall does put a quite a bit in the cups. He I think that he definitely wants to try and win something for us, uh, whether it be a Challenge Cup, Scottish Cup, whatever. But he, he's there, he wants to bring a trophy here. So I think he will play a full team. I think he is someone who takes the Cup games quite seriously. Uh, another link between the clubs, uh, we'd Kel Turner for that post-split period uh, last season. Uh, and, he, and he was exceptional. And I think he's probably one of the most enjoyable players we've had, albeit we've got we've got Dylan Easton uh, doing something similar this season. Um, he's not starting every week, so so how's Turner's role been so far at the at the Jags? To be honest, he's probably struggled just because Bannigan and Doherty are midfield two, and in our eyes anyway, we say it on the podcast, probably the best midfield two in the division, and he's he's not displaced them at all this season. He's been playing when he does play on the right of a, a midfield four. But as you say, he has been in and out of the side. So he's he's not really, we've not really seen the best of Kyle Turner. What we have seen from him is a great set piece delivery. We've scored a lot of goals from his corners and free kicks. He's got a great delivery. Um, but he's not really played through the middle at all this season. We do play a 4-4-2 most weeks. And I don't think, unless he's playing in the midfield too, which he never will, if Banigan and Docker are fit, he'll really flourish in that. Having said that, though, he's not been, I wouldn't say he's been underwhelming. It's been unfortunate for him. I think that there's two brilliant players ahead of him. But if he does play, I think you'll need to be aware of the, the set piece that, that we pose from his delivery. I think he was like leader of assists until like not long ago. Like he had the most assists in the league, like for a stupid amount of time because he scored twice, like two assists against Infermont at the start of the season. And like, he was he was leading for quite a while in assists and yeah he definitely brings that threat in there. It's always when you see Turner taking a corner or whatever you always have in the back of your head that you might get something out of it, which is not a feeling I'm used to when when I watch Fissel take a corner. To be honest, I was going to mention as well. I think you said earlier, Colin, that you're without a left back on on Saturday. If you had to pick a position to be without a player for, I think left back's probably the one you would pick because we very rarely attack down the right hand side in open play. Everything comes down our left through through Tiffany. It's Foster that plays at right back, so there's not much overlap down the right-hand side, and it's normally Turner, as you say, in the right-hand side of midfield, so he's normally cutting in, so all of our threat and open play really does come down the left. That's, that sounds ominously positive for Airdrie. <laughs> uh, any questions you guys have about, about Airdrie? Who are the danger men? Who should we be looking out for? What do you reckon, Andrew? Midfield? Yeah, I mean, Frizzle... Uh, Adam Frizzle and Dylan Easton, um, they're not the only ones, but those two in particular shouldn't be playing in League One. They're far, far too good for that. It's very similar to the way Kyle Turner looked for us in those post-break fixtures, apart from his first appearance up at Peterhead, where he was sent off for a two-footer in like the first two minutes. But it puts me in mind of that, the level that these two guys 
clearly um, should be playing at is not League One. So the way they connect with each other, the way they seem to have a, an understanding is, is really quite something. And they will be very keen to show and prove that they're good enough to be playing in a division above League One. So Eastie and Frizz are the, definitely the two I would be most concerned about. I know McCall has been at one game recently. Um, I think it was with the, when we battled his Fife, and I think I'm sure I seen um, Alan Archibald at the Falkirk game on Saturday there. So they'll they'll be well aware of that. They'll be well aware of the threat we pose from midfield. Even guys like Reese McCabe, who has actually done brilliantly at centre half. He's kidding everybody on. He's never played centre half before, but he slotted in really really well. His reading of the game and his um, passing range. Not to mention his free kicks, um, including that belt that he scored against Motherwell back in the League Cup. Um, but he's done it a few times, um, are exceptional. So there's always that. Um, I would definitely, definitely interested to see how those kind of players get on against a team who, I'm looking at the table just now, um, are sitting in a in a good position. Um, only our growth um, have scored more goals than Thistle so far in that league according to this BBC table so obviously that that suggests there could well be goals in the match um, it'll be interesting to see how our better players who certainly look to be um, coasting League One um, cope with a much superior opposition you know it's all well and good Baron Falkirk and Dumbarton and teams like that but it'll be interesting to see how they get on and how much of their their craft their skill and their their goal threat is still present in a match against a team who are obviously far superior to anyone they've played so far this season in the league. Yeah, I got a question about um, Airdrie. Obviously, you asked us about how we, we sort of take the cups. I mean, Airdrie got to a cup final, you know, in, in my lifetime. Um, and obviously, you know, there will be lots of fans and people that who remember it. How, how important do you take the cups these days? Like, um, oh, both the club and the fans, do you care? Do the club care? Is it just an added payday if you get through? What, what's the feeling? Do you think you'll be playing a full team? Oh, we'll be playing a full team because <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've, only, we've only got about three subs. Um, so, so it is really a pretty threadbare squad. I mean, I think I was lucky enough... Um, a wee bit older than Andrew to be at two Scottish Cup finals, and by the time I was ten years old, and just like great occasions for the for the town, um, like all the shop windows were decked out in red and white. There was free buses running. The, they came back to Old Broomfield after the first one in the the town centre after the second one because we didn't have a stadium at that point, uh, and it was just amazing. But I think it's just a, a heavy dose of of realism. We've been through the liquidation. We're not at a level to compete against Premier Clubs. The last few few years we've had really good days out at, at this stage in the Cup. So uh, three years ago we played Celtic at Parkhead um, and they don't get lost 3-0 but gave a decent showing of ourselves. We then got Hearts the next year. Uh, Hearts under Stendhal were struggling at that point and they, they scudded us 5-0. Um, but, but those were good days out. I mean, Adri took 1,500, I think maybe 1,700 to Tynecastle. Um, so they're kind of glimpse off that there is still life in the old dog yet and, uh, and the cup can kind of bring out a feel of that it, there is a, a heritage and stuff there that we're, we're still kind of in touch with um, but I don't expect to, I mean, uh, being brutally honest I think this will have too much for Airdrie on, uh, on, on Saturday. Um, I just think you'll be a bit better than us in the, the, the areas of the, the pitch where we're, we're weak. Um, if we could get through, it'd be a dream, but it'd be a dream about maybe getting a, a payday uh, and to continue trying to rebuild the club. So I'm, I'm a bit of a realist. Uh, it is amazing when you win a cup run. I just, um, I'd love it to happen, but I just don't see it at the moment. Uh, Andrew, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I was born in 92, so it's all ancient history to me, the, the cup runs. <laughs> The significant cup runs, uh, to be perfectly honest, the kind of thing that you sort of had a, an awareness of uh, as a as a young kid growing up, kind of on your periphery. But but that was really it. Um, so yeah, I'd love a bit of that. That sounds that sounds nice. Fancy a wee a wee taste of that. Um, that to be perfectly honest, I think we've got a win in us. Um, it wouldn't be the biggest upset of the round if we get through. I think there will be 
uh, bigger upsets certainly are potentially on the cards looking at the fixtures in this particular round of the cup but if we can give a decent account of ourselves and avoid getting any injuries to our good players then I'm, I'm not going to lose that much sleep about it we've got a week to win so um, ultimately if we can get through fantastic if it's a good game and we run them close and nobody gets cut in two then, then that's absolutely fine with me yeah, I think that's it. I mean, we'd be more worried about injuries. If we can get through, you'd hope there's maybe a payday to, to strengthen a bit uh, and try and take on Cove, who have got loads of money. Uh, but but I think that's the, the, that's a bit height of the ambitions at the moment. But but what about you? I mean, you've mentioned there, if you, if you got through, uh, I mean, Thistle are, are well placed. You, you must fancy that the draw could open up for you or whatever and, and get into Hamden is, uh, is not beyond the... Uh, the realm's a possibility. I think we've had so many ties against the old firm in recent years that even hearing about how it could add a player or two in January is sort of not of interest to the fans. We're just, we're just sick of it. I, if we got through, I think we'd be looking for a, a winnable tie at home. Yeah. I don't know about you, David, I, but I that's think what a, I'd be looking for. I, I, I might be wrong on this, Matt, but did we not get like seven out of eight cop exits in a row? With to Celtic or Rangers. Yeah, another one, another was, one Aberdeen was to away. Aberdeen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, that was last time we got we got the Scottish Cup quarterfinal was against Aberdeen. It was a great day out, and we get absolutely just got our balls felt the whole game, and then it was quite dispiriting coming back. And then ever since, every time we've been knocked out, until uh, if we've got to knock out rounds like four years in a row, I think it was Scottish Cup, uh, League Cup. Every single time we get Celtic. And then once or twice we get Rangers to to spice things up a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd like to see you know I, I'd love us to go on a wee bit of a run. Obviously, I'd like to see um, us play um, the real Clyde Bank instead of this fake Clyde Bank that, um, <laughs> <laughs> that we're playing now. But uh, yeah, I, I want to obviously avoid the old firm. I really don't want Ockham like Tal, but I think they'll probably beat Hearts. To be honest, they I, I went to see them play Hamilton. And they're they're a match for anybody on their day, and I I just do not want. I think we'd absolutely get emptied by Talbot if we got them. So pretty much anybody with them in the old farm, I'd be happy with. A, a nice wee day out of Tynecastle or Easter Road probably does me quite fine. Um, either that or Cove because we we never got to go to Cove, and I'd quite like to go, even though it's meant to be quite terrible. Um, but yeah, I I, I take a, I take a tie against a lower team at home, if not just some sexy away day that. Uh, but really just not the old farmer Talbot. Well, you're not going to get to Tynecastle if you've got them done to get pumped out by the Talbot. <laughs> well, that is very true, yeah. I, so uh, we'll have to be, uh, I'll have to be Easter Road then. I suppose it's, I, I would take Easter Road or Cove. Either or will do fine for me. I'm quite <laughs> happy with that. What about you, Andrew? Who, who, who are we going next round? Won't oh. we surprise everybody on Saturday? Aye, once we've scudded Thistle, I'll take anyone. Give us an old thumb, oh, yeah. smash them and all. Give, give us Clyde you... Bank. I, I, that could be a good one. I get it right up to you all afternoon. That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those ones where, like, uh, if you're like, I, 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 I don't think Airdrie fans probably would want Clyde Bank more than Clyde Bank would want Airdrie, in all fairness. But, um, because I think it is it's very much the, the, the Wimbledon MK Dons where Clyde Bank just absolutely don't want to have anything to do with us. But, um, I don't know. I think we would probably want to avoid that because it's the kind of cliche stock response you get from everybody. Oh, Clyde Bank. So <clears throat> I imagine the Airdrie support would probably be more averse to that tie than, than any other, apart from the fact that would be favourites to get through. You'd fancy us to win that, win that match quite comfortably. Um, so to be honest, I don't think we'd particularly want it um, in the way that just because it comes up all the time and because it's not the kind of story we want to be hit over the head with time and time and time again. So I don't know if we get. You know that would be a BBC take game. Anyone? It's all gravy in the cup, really, isn't it? It's all gravy. That'd absolutely be the BBC game, the one that they put on, and they'd have like a really yeah. emotional. Package at the start about Clydebank going out of business and then Poor all Clyde the fans protesting and all that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's not what you want. No, definitely. In fairness, we, I was we do enjoy being asked as the bad guys sometimes, though. So maybe that would yeah, yeah, down to the ground. Uh, but I, I read that there's a good nutmeg article on. I didn't realise this. Clydebank only got in the 
the, the, the league set up because they moved East Stirling to Clyde Bank uh, in like 1971 or something uh, and then that all had to be unwound so they uh, they kind of started out as by buying a franchise from elsewhere uh, and then ended in the same way. I'm delighted to see them making a fist off it and the, the guys down there have done a great job. The, the fixture will come around eventually uh, and I don't, I don't have any issue with it. I think it would be, uh, it would be a new rival for us, quite heated. Uh, it's going to cause a lot of confusion with all these people who think that we are Clyde Bank when we are playing them, but uh, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that one when it comes. I remember I had a, I, a friend I used to work with who was a Dumbarton fan, and he said that um, he says, "Oh well, we all hate Airdrie because, as we know, deep down they're dirty banky bastards." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you use that so fancy that we just hate Airdrie. You don't, you don't need the bank. <laughs> I, I, we, I, we don't, we don't need to make up an excuse exactly. <laughs> Uh, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, uh, let's go for a. We end on a score prediction. Two two, and then extra time. Uh, I, I say I'm not. I'm going to say three one Thistle. I'm just don't have a, a good feeling about the the game. Uh, you, you guys, and well, I'm not even pessimist. <laughs> I, I was going to ask do you. Do you have still have those like, exotic players that you signed last year, like the Ukrainian guy and the nah, other guy from nah. like Mordor that just turned up? <laughs> Because I was going to say, if not, they, they probably would have scored. Do you have any ex-Fissel players that, of note? Was Agnew at Fissel at any point? At one of his clubs? No. Scott nah, Agnew. No, I, I think so. We do. I don't if think you we don't, do then. If you don't have any ex-Fissel players in the squad, then I'm going to say 6-0 Fissel. Um, if you do have um, ex-Fissel... If you do have ex-Fissel players in the squad, it will be 1-0, 91 minute, whoever it was that played for Fissel for their trade. That's going to be my uh, results. But in all serious, I'd probably say it's going to be 2-0. Yeah, that was all yeah. starting to sound a wee bit Falkirk Q&A, to be honest. What way? Right. Were the ex-players always raise their game oh, against yeah. us? <laughs> no, we... We like the two. I think two years ago, we every game we played there was an ex Fissel player in there, and like you couldn't count on your hands the amount of times that like an ex Fissel player was scored against us. I used to routinely bet on an ex Fissel player scoring against us and the team winning in that season, and I won quite a lot of money from doing Coined it because it, it was just yeah. Because it was when Chris Dolan first game for air against us, I think I won. Like two hundred and ten pounds or something like that, because he scored and then uh, won uh, won the game for Air United. So it was like, yeah, um, it used to be a running joke for so long that if an ex Fissel player was in the team, they absolutely would score and be us. Uh, there are still a few few days between now and the game. We should try and sign one. I'll try to think who. Uh, Jerry Britton, Jerry Britton to do a job for his director of football and a shock, a shock return to Scottish, <laughs> shock return to Scottish football from Matthias Pogba showing up at <laughs> Where's Scott McDonald these days? And Kenny Miller's on the Falkirk bench, eh? <laughs> uh, what, what about you, Matt? Uh, I predicted 1-1 one, one on Friday night, and that was my first correct score prediction of the season, so I'm on a roll now. I'll go 1-0, Fistle. I think we will just have enough, but the games on the Hill pitch recently haven't been the greatest, and I can see it being another sort of tight affair, so I'll go 1-0, Fistle. Cool. Right, guys, thanks for your time. Um, We'll, we'll see how the game goes on Saturday. Uh, best luck with your your season after that, uh, and but but just not too much luck for uh, for the big game. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Break